0: Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm
1: Marcus Mirror, founder of Mirror Group CPAs and the Total
0: Control Accounting System. I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. Marcus, why don't you tee this one up?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I reached out to a few buddies. I was like, hey, give me some give me some uh, ideas for a podcast. Kind of, you know, creative juices weren't flowing that well. Yeah. And somebody came up with a really good one. It's all around filing extensions and what that means. So okay. like when we talk in extensions, we're talking about... Uh, an extension to file, and let's just say your personal income tax return. We can talk a little bit about businesses, uh, but generally speaking, most people own a pass-through entity where there are no payments due when they file an extension. So this is going to relate to like filing an extension on your personal tax return and also what that means related to paying taxes and penalties and all that kind of stuff because there's a lot of confusion around what it means to file an extension and what it means to pay and how often should you pay and withholding and estimated tax payments. So um, if we're talking through kind of the lens of we're always want you to run a better business, right? Mm. And running a better business includes, Paying your taxes and paying that in such a way that you know your taxes are paid and you're not getting penalized and that the money you've got in your bank account is yours, right? So it's all the lens we're kind of working through when we talk anything on this podcast, but today specifically around extensions.
0: Gotcha. So we're going to kind of frame this up of like when it's when should you make an extension, when you shouldn't, what's uh, you'll bust some myths for us, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I guess let's just start there. Like yep. why, why would – what's a good reason to file an extension? Well, Other obviously – You just haven't done your taxes. Yeah.
1: That, yeah. <laughs> so there's there's people who just file extensions because they know they can, right? They want to mm-hmm. file later in the year. It's like I don't feel like dealing with this right now. I'll kick the can down the road. But there's also – so that's just your procrastinator yeah. type, like meaning you've probably got all your information to file. You just don't want to. Um, you don't want to deal with it. Uh, But you've also got people who just don't have their information. And so I kind of led earlier with the concept of people that have small businesses are often flow-through entities. And if you've ever dealt with one of those, like you're an S-corp or a partnership, and just to step back a little bit further, your LLC can be either one of those, right? We've talked about that in a previous episode. An LLC can be an S-corp or a partnership. You're waiting on a K-1 form. Meaning, and you're like this, you know, we you've got tax returns where you're a partner or a shareholder, mm-hmm. but that entity hasn't filed its tax return and given you a K-1 form. Yeah. K-1 form is just a, s- a simple way of saying it's a form that says, hey, Tyler, you own 20% of this business. Here's 20% of the earnings allocated to you in effect. Yeah. Re- pay, pick up that income or report that income on your personal tax return. So you might be in a situation where you're in a S corporation, you're an owner in one of those, and you know for whatever reason, it doesn't file its tax return until August. So you don't even have your K-1. You don't even have all of your documents. So if you're kind of contrasting this with you just as an individual taxpayer, think of it like this. Think of it like your your church didn't provide your charitable tithe statement until August. You couldn't file. Kind of the same kind of thinking.
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So those are kind of the basic reasons why. One of the one of the questions you read before we started yep. was like, is there any advantage to like, does it ever make sense to like just take the penalty? Yeah. And I guess maybe just kind yeah. of walk us through like what you penalties you could expect. Yep. And like one of the things we talk about here often is like, is the juice worth the squeeze? <laughs> right. Like is the, yeah. yeah, like maybe just kind of walk us down that road.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things you're always thinking about in, in, like you're showing this, is I've had clients where they literally run cost benefit on penalties and interest. Thinking like this, maybe I'm a financial advisor and I'm killing it in the market. I know I've got to pay my taxes and I know there's penalties associated with it, but I'm, I, this money is making more than the penalties and interest. So to me, it's just a dollars and cents kind of calculation. But for most people, that's not the case, right? So the, what I'm getting at is opportunity cost. The opportunity cost of you paying the taxes, the penalties and interest is less than you taking the money out of the market, what you're making. Your return in the market's better. But for most people, that's just not going to be the the case. So mm-hmm. this is how it shakes out. You the, the, the tax system is a pay-as-you-go system, so you're supposed to pay your taxes quarterly, Most people do that through withholding, but some people make quarterly estimated tax payments. We've talked about that a lot. Um, And so then when you get to the time of when your tax return would be due, which is April 15th for an individual taxpayer, you may owe some money, okay? If you owe money, that balance is, let's just assume that you met the standards for meeting quarterly payments and you didn't have any quarterly penalties, but you still owed money. And I know... That may, you're looking at me going, how's yeah. that the case? I'll get yeah. into that. No. So let's just say you still owe 10 grand. If you don't pay the 10 grand when you, when you file for the extension, you are going to be subject to a half a percent per month, late payment penalty and 8% uh, interest. So stated another way, that's like, uh, so that's a half a percent would be, tw- would be 6 percent annual. So you're subject to 14 percent penalties and interest if you don't pay your taxes at April 15th. So, I mean, you can see you owe 20, 30, 40, $50,000. That starts to add up. And the reason is because, and this is what trips people up, an extension is not an extension of time to pay your taxes. It's an extension of time to file the tax return. Right. Two very different things. Yeah. There's late filing penalties. If you don't file an extension, you could also have late filing penalties. So at a bare minimum, if you don't have the money, at least file an extension and and don't pay, but don't be subject to the late filing penalty. Right? All right. So you can you can avoid, obviously, the late filing penalty by just filing an extension, even if you don't pay the tax. But the late payment penalty and interest is 14% per year. It's more than one percent per month, so you know. Think about it: on a hundred grand, that's a thousand bucks, more than a thousand dollars per month. So, what we're trying to avoid is that, right? Um, and that's what trips a lot of people up. They'll say, "I filed an extension. Why do I? want do I owe money?" Well, it's because it only extended the time to file, not the time to pay.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So April fifteenth, you're paying. You're paying something. Correct. And and, and I've done that before. where We've yeah. filed an extension, and you're just giving us an estimate, correct? So that way, and we usually err on more, correct? Um, and when you do that, it's—I I guess it's, it, it doesn't just stay in your account. But how's that Kinda. work? like,
1: yeah. So that's—you're making a really good point. Is if you have the—if you have the wherewithal, because you—you you said something that's really critical. It's just—it's just an estimate a lot of times. Because let's just say. You don't have that K one you're looking for. You know it's coming. This, you know, historically, I've heard this before from clients. Yeah, I'm in this partnership, and they don't send out the K one until like July. So you know, in July, it's coming, but you don't know what your share of the income is going to be. Maybe the partnership can estimate it for you, mm-hmm. and they give you a number, and then we take all that into consideration and say, Tyler, I think you owe about this much. But to your point, even if it's even if we estimate that high, and we ultimately file your tax return and realize, oh, we overshot it. Well, yeah, you might have an overpayment in that, well, not might, you would have an overpayment, and we would simply credit that overpayment to next year. It would be credited as a payment toward next year's tax, like literally on file with the IRS. Mm -hmm. Let's just say you overpaid by $5,000. If you pulled your transcript, it would show that you have $5,000 on account, essentially, Mm -hmm. with the IRS for next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that works. Yeah. So what else do... What are some myths that people have? You mentioned like... I'll, I'll let you share. Yeah.
1: One of the ones is if you file early, people that... So let me back up. People that file on extension don't get audited as much. I've heard that before. Similarly, and I think maybe this comes from the same place. I used to hear kind of the old guard that people that filed electronically got audited more than people that filed a paper return. So I think those two things come from the same place. Just kind of this... I don't know. It's like almost like can hide, urban hide. legend. Kind of, you don't want to be full disclosure. Like you don't want to get. I, th- I think the argument is you give them more time to review it if you file early. Or on the argument with electronic versus paper was, literally the IRS keys in your federal tax return into a system. I know it's bizarre if you paper file it, but I think yeah. they. But I think they still do that anyway with an electronic file. Anyway, that was the point was. I remember one of my old old partner used to say, "Oh, make make the make them work for it. Make them key it in. They're less likely to audit you." I don't think either's true. I've never seen any evidence of that. Um, I think the bigger thing in all of this is, if you're filing a complete and accurate return with defendable positions, you really shouldn't be worried about audits that much. I mean, if they happen, they stink, and nobody likes to go through that. But I don't think we should be playing the game of filing our tax return late as a strategy to avoid being audited. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, right. I think there are bigger I think that's, issues. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: If that's your, uh, <laughs> like we talked last episode, like if that's your tax strategy, that's a strategy. Because you're not organized, for sure. <laughs>
1: or it's just strategy about your risk preference. I met with somebody earlier this week, and, and we decided not to do business together. And one of the things they mentioned um, in terms of like how their taxes are set up right now is that they're doing some things It's like, yeah, but nobody's ever going to look at that. I don't know. I love that. as a, Obviously, as I have an ethical standard as a tax preparer amongst all, all the different things I do. One of them is I am a tax preparer. And uh, I don't think it's a good place to say we have a position that we hope doesn't get looked at. You know, I think just generally speaking, have defendable positions or positions that have a leg to stand on,
0: I guess would be a better comment. So the you could potentially save I mean we talked a lot last episode about organization, but when you're when you're thinking you know, most of those myths are probably busted. I right. mean whenever you're advising somebody who is a client, you're going to just basically say, look, I mean that that's not worth. That, if those are the reasons you're filing an extension, they're not good enough. Right. So, most people that you deal with are not are filing an extension because they don't have the information. That's right. Or they are they don't have the records. Yeah, they just they, don't they, have a document yeah. they need, which yeah. is out of their control. Yeah. Um but the other would be like the positions I've I've found myself in where it's like I just don't have all the information. Like I had I hadn't I hadn't been done the foundation work, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Of now we're of, getting good. of of uh, recording the data right? and reading it and things like that. Right. So that's that's probably why your clients don't face this a whole lot.
1: Not a lot. And I would say one, you know, there's also I'm listening to you and I, and, and and I think the reason you know, you haven't been hit by this is because you and I, at least at a bare minimum, go, well, what do you think you're going to owe? And you, and we, and that, what do we think we're going to owe? is based on some pretty good, like pretty good data. Mm -hmm. Maybe we haven't, or you haven't compiled it all together, but we then at least make a payment. And my point in all of this is you're never going to have issues if you pay your taxes. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is you could not file for two or three years. As long as that when you then did file your tax return, if you had paid more than you owe, like meaning you had a refund coming, yeah, you've got no penalties. Yeah. Like that's the same reason why if you don't owe money to the IRS, you don't have to even file a tax return. Now there's reasons why you should. Yeah. Lots of reasons, obviously, to get the money back that they owe you. Yeah. But my point is if you haven't filed your twenty twenty two tax return right now, but you have but you paid more in than the tax ultimately is, you don't owe you will. You could owe you could owe quarterly tax payment uh, penalties like estimated tax payment penalties. Excuse me, but you wouldn't owe late payment or late filing or have interest.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I was trying to, and not that I knew all the details, but I mentioned this to somebody the other day. We were buying a, a piece of property, and I hadn't had my like the tax return ready that I needed for um, for the banker. Yep, and um, the realtor was basically like, "Well, how did you how did you not have this?" You know, and I was like, "Well, we pay our taxes. We just hadn't filed it yet." Yeah, and I and I even joked in a text. I was like, "You don't pay your taxes, you go to jail. You don't file, you just frustrate bankers and your CPA." <laughs> that's right. You know what I mean? Like, so the, like, that's funny. You know that the, I at least understood that difference. Like, yeah,
1: that's a really good observation because if nothing else, what I hope people get out of this is separating filing from paying. Yeah. That's, and you had done that mentally. You, you, had, because we've done this for so many years where yeah. we get you paid in. Maybe you procrastinate and file the return later, mm-hmm. but we've got you paid in, which is what your CPA, I mean, again, hopefully, and I'll say this, just being very honest. If you're not engaging somebody, a lot of CPAs will give this work away for free. They shouldn't. You should be engaging somebody to at least take care of that for you. If you're not going to be like big boy enough to like get your stuff done on time, at least be willing to have somebody looking out to do that little piece and maybe some won't, but at least have somebody on your team to say, look, I know you, you, you don't have it organized right now, but why don't you pay in 30 grand that looks about like what you would owe, at least going to cover you from avoiding all, you know, and help you avoid all these penalties and interest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Man, that's probably covered. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else we would need why, to know. Why don't we about- talk a
1: little about a little bit about quarterly payments? Okay. Cause I want to, I want to give the, I want to get people to understand how they could not, how they could, um, owe money or have penalties quarterly or not. And contrast that with kind of year end. So I'm going to try not to get too much in the weeds on this, but I think it's a relevant point to make. So most people probably listen to this make over 150,000. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk from that angle because once you make over 150,000, uh, this thing comes into play. So it, well, let me back up. It, ch- it, it changes the rates at which is coming to play. And then you'll you'll see what I mean in a second. So you're supposed to pay your taxes quarterly. Let's just set the foundation. The, uh, the tax system is a pay-as-you-go system. Most people don't feel that because their employer withholds their income tax from them and pays it on their behalf, right? Mm-hmm. They don't feel that. You and I pay our taxes through quarterly payments. We feel it. It's different. Um, there's rules about what you have to pay quarterly to avoid interest, or the estimated tax penalty, and that is it's based on one of two things. So the tax you have to pay for, let's just say for 2024, which you have to pay quarterly is the lesser of two things. The 90% of 2024's tax, which you're thinking, well, how would we know that? Mm-hmm. Or 110% of 2023's tax, like total tax on your 2023 return. So we haven't filed 2023 yet but let's just assume we filed your return and the tax the t- not what you owed or got back but the tax the total tax was $20,000 and then you had withholding and you had estimated tax payments and all that 20 grand you and i both know that a bare minimum well, that that let me back up. That a, it's what's called a safe harbor. You and I know that if you wanted to avoid penalties in 2024, you should pay in twenty two thousand over four quarters. Twenty thousand times hundred ten percent. What would that be? Fifty five hundred bucks a quarter. Um, that. And let's just let's just roll this forward a little bit because you're looking at me with. Yeah. You look at me going like, "What's he talking about?"
0: And I and I, this may. It's
1: this gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be a good question.
0: <laughs> I hope, <laughs> I hope, I hope so it now, is. <laughs> um... Well, it's a simple question. That 5,500 that you're paying in, that's your purse. You're paying that mm-hmm. personally.
1: Correct. You're getting credit for it. Yeah. Goes toward your income tax bill into the, the year. Cause remember a tax return is just that it's a reconciliation. What's your tax minus all of your payments and credits. Mm-hmm. Like people, people say like they, they, but I have a practical question. Yeah.
0: Like functionally when you're in business, this is where I would always get tripped up is like, you know, like, when both my wife and I were self employed and we got to our businesses where we were getting uh, either consistent owner owner draws and on top of that um like a salary, you know, a salary yeah, yeah, absolutely. we always got a little like like when we pay our taxes, like where practically where does that where do you pay that fifty five hundred out of? Doesn't matter. It, I know it doesn't matter. But what is the advice for like bookkeeping? That like, do oh, you do yeah. you? Because I think it get, it gets confusing for well, people because you're like, okay, I know technically my LLC is a pass-through entity, correct? And I know technically I personally owe that. Yep. But you're always preaching separating business from personal. Yep. So, but at the same time, too, we're thinking like. Most people practically think like, okay, I have a fifty five hundred dollar quarterly tax bill Correct. that is gonna be coming out of the cash flow of something of, of my business. Correct. That's right. More than more than your personal. Help right. just help practically yeah, that's like, a, sort yeah. sort that so
1: out. So what I would say to that is no like hard and fast rules on this. If you said, like you and your wife, good example, both small business owners, both contributing essentially to that tax bill. You might take three grand out of your business. you might take 2,500. Like, I don't think there's any more nuanced answer than that. Gotcha. There's some caveats and some super technical stuff I could get into that's not worth it for this conversation. What I would say is, you know, and you could go down a further rabbit hole and say, okay, well, how much money did you earn this quarter versus me? And we could prorate that. But at the end of the day, you owe $5,500 collectively as a couple. That, that's what you're paying toward. And if you're working with us, we're we're bringing all those factors into play and going fifty five hundred. Now you could also argue I already knew the fifty five hundred because it's based on last year, and this is my second point: is it could get less, it could be lesser, it could be ninety percent of the current year. If we start seeing later in this year in twenty twenty four that man, you're not going to be on the same path as this, we might revert and say we think ninety percent is going to be less. Let's drop your estimates a little bit. We're only going to know that when we get to the finish line, but. If nothing else, you know that you could pay the fifty five hundred. It might be higher and mm. it will cover you. You will not have a penalty. Yeah. So I want to bring back my, my example of the the dollars and then you know you had 110% was 22 grand. Let's just say when we did 2024, it was a way better year than 2023. Yeah. And the tax for 2024 was thirty thousand dollars, but you've only paid in twenty-two. Would you at that point in time have a quarterly tax penalty? estimated tax penalty.
0: Uh, all right, I need the numbers again.
1: 2023 total tax was 20 grand. Mm-hmm. Then you and I said, "Well, we're going to pay 110% of that. We know that's at least the lesser of two numbers, right?" Okay. So, I told you to pay 5500 bucks a quarter. You pay 5500 bucks a quarter, which is 22,000. We get to the end of 2024, we go to file your tax return, turns out you had a really great 2024 and your tax is 30. Do you have an estimated tax penalty? No. Yes, that's correct. You're right. I said no. You said no. I said yes. I know. I'm looking I'm like what an idiot. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. But you still owe $8,000. Here we come full circle. I now okay. April 15th comes, you got to pay the 8 grand or get late payment penalty and interest. Right. That's the full circle example. That you could have your taxes covered quarterly but they're not enough to pay your whole tax bill. Meaning, when I say quarterly, meaning they didn't cause you to have an estimated tax penalty because back to what I told you, it's a pay-as-you-go system. Mm -hmm. We satisfied what's called the safe harbor, which was 110% of last year's tax. We paid 22 when last year's was 20. That's just simple math. Mm -hmm. But our 2024 number... 90% 90% of it would be greater than 110% of last year.
0: Yeah. It's not your tax bill. It's not your tax liability. Correct. It's just a safe harbor. It's. That's, that's, I'm glad you said it. Yeah. Exactly
1: right. It's just a safe harbor for estimated tax payment yeah. or quarterly. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you still won't owe money for that year. Right. And I just gave you a really simple example of how you could, and then play that forward, pay that by April 15th through a, yeah. either with an extension or file the return and pay. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless... Just pay it, and then you'll yeah. avoid that penalty we started this conversation with, right is that about is that is that clear
0: as mud? Or? I think so? I think I'm tracking with you, yeah, <laughs> for sure it's it's um you're you know more than most though I gotta give you some credit. well, I mean, I've been doing this for a while. this is podcast <laughs> number i think ninety three maybe I think it's ninety four i I don't know I wanna say it's ninety five
1: hold on a second hold yeah on. this is cool. this isn't it well, we, we gotta we, get this right,
0: yeah, okay, <laughs> like.
1: This is... And there's
0: one before this that's going to be published today. This is 95. Okay. 94 hasn't been published. Yeah. This is 95. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. So 95 podcasts, you, know, you learn a thing or two. Yeah.
1: And, and I will say, I know you're about to wrap up, but I will say this. I've been... Uh, so in my C12 group, which I was telling you about, they're like, one of the things I'm talking about in 2024 is taking a little more action. So I will say this. We always were talking about small business and work with people, but I want to give some people context if they have been listening to us and they're wondering like what kind of clients we work with. We want to work with small businesses who want to do better business. What does that look like? Service-based businesses, high net worth consultants who want a cloud-based system, proactive planning, and ongoing correspondence with their CPA. So for a fixed monthly fee. So if that is you, if you've been listening here thinking, I'm not getting the service I want, I'm not, surely not planning, and I have no method of communication with my CPA other than after the fact, getting billed by the hour, and you want something different, we'd love to talk to you. We'll drop the uh, work with us link from our website in the show notes.
0: Yeah. I'll say this too. Like, I feel like, I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs of your clients, but from the stories I hear, it seems like, You'd be a really good fit if you're like in growth mode, meaning yeah. like you're you're not you're tired with the status quo. You know what I mean? Because that's so much what you guys offer is that like, all right, out with the old, in with the new. Like we're ready to make changes for the better. You know? Yeah. All, all you that see, kind of stuff.
1: You see this? You see accounting and tax and strategy as an investment, not a cost center. Mm. Because I will tell you, we're going to, we're not going to be as cheap as the guy who you just give the, the guy or gal you give the documents to that you're in and file your tax return. But if that's the service you're getting and you're growth minded to your point, that's not, you're, you, you're already kind of longing for something better. You're mm. like, I think it could be, that's every new client I get is I just wanted a an, out, an outlet to have conversations. I never knew the forum. Like I'll give you just a really quick example. Clients that are on our advisory package, they get a monthly email sent out to them automatically using Microsoft Power Automate with a quick Microsoft form with like three lines. Was it say anything on the top of mind that you need to talk about, any processes that are super manual, anything else we can help you with. And we do that just so they can drop ideas in that form, forget about it, and then I've got it when we meet quarterly. So just a quick automated email in your inbox that you can then go, Oh, yeah, I was thinking about this. Let me jot that down. Then I can forget about it. Mm-hmm. And then your meeting with me is better because you, the ideas you had, you know, at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night when your mind's racing, you drop them in that form, and now we talk, we're we talking about them. Yeah. So um, if that's what you're looking for, that kind of relationship, we'd love to, uh, to talk with you.
0: Yeah. Well, you can uh, you can reach out at mirror.group. Find out um, or find more of our podcasts there as well and other information. You can certainly reach out to me. Website. So, yep. until next time, dog, I'll see you.